0: Welcome everyone. Hello, my name is Renee Alexander and I am deputy general manager of entertainment and marketing at the Minnesota State Fair. I am also very honored to be the chair for IEBA for this year, uh, which is we're celebrating our 50th year. I think it's probably fair to say that our industry has never experienced anything quite like what we're experiencing right now with COVID-19 in our 50-year history. Uh, So today we're here talking with a couple experts in the industry, for our IEBA interviews, that um, have first-hand experience of how this disruption is affecting our industry, particularly from the venue side. So I'd like to welcome Raj Zaha, who's the general manager and head of programming for the Pfizer Arena, Pfizer Forum. I'm sorry, in Milwaukee, and Zane Collings, who's the assistant general manager of ASM Jacksonville, for a conversation just how your venue. Is being used during this crisis, and then talking about rescheduling and cancellations during this time. So, welcome to you both. Glad to have you here. Thanks for having us.
1: So, here.
0: I'll start with you, Raj. Let's talk a little bit. If you'll just explain a little bit about your facility and how it's being used during this crisis, would be a great start.
1: Sure. So, you know, we're uh, we're a 17,000-seat uh, basketball arena, home for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, we were recently opened we were built in in two thousand and eighteen and opened um, in September of that year and you know during the, during this shutdown what we've uh, what we've just started doing is actually using uh, the space that we have between our storage area and our marshalling area and the arena floor and we 're working with some very good local partners to uh, actually make two thousand or sorry two million. Um, masks uh, to you know to give wow. frontline workers in in Milwaukee and in southeast Wisconsin.
0: Wow, so that's that's kind of that's a big big undertaking for sure.
2: So Zane, yeah. how
0: about you? Talk a little about a bit about Jacksonville.
2: So in Jacksonville, we manage seven venues for the city of Jacksonville, and we're actually been a couple of our venues are being used uh, to stand up testing sites. So. Outside TIA Bank Field and Daly's Place, TIA Bank Field's home to the Jacksonville Jaguars and Daly's Place is a 6,000 seat uh, outdoor amphitheater. Um, outside of that in the parking lot, we just, uh, uh, first the federal government staged a testing site that could ramp up to 500 people per day. Um, and then in early April that switched to a locally funded um, testing site. It's a drive up, drive through. Um, so that was working with the local, through the local sites. Um, pretty interesting uh, ramp up to that, moved very, very quickly. At the same time, another set of our staff at the convention center, which is on the west end of town, west end of the city, um, through the city of Jacksonville, they they stood up a testing site in conjunction with a a local hospital, um, company called Telescope, uh, that actually set it up. So they used part of the actual convention center for support, whether it's, restrooms, food, storage, and that kind of stuff. Um, but again, it was a drive up drive up through our, our parking lots, um, our staff to support them. So it was uh, a little different than what Raj did, building masks. But again, doing our part for the community, mm-hmm. um, these times that we've never done before.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, speak about never done this before. So obviously you do events a lot and are used to turning things over. Talk a little bit about the conversion of going into this mode and kind of where where who's your source of information and kind of source of support through through this through this change. And I'll start with you, Zane.
2: Okay. So as far as the, there was a lot of different sources. Um, as it related to the, the build out and the transformation into that, um, it started with the, the started with federal support um, from the government um, through the the governor, uh, who I think have done a pretty good job. Here in florida and i guess we get we get used to kind of standing up for these this was not a temporary emergency but you know when you're dealing with a hurricane it can be a two-week period so this felt a lot like it maybe that's what made florida uh understand what we we're heading into in that respect uh, and then locally the mayor and his team um were the, and the emergency preparedness uh, here locally uh, was where the, the source came from and then we're part of asm global which is 330 plus Venues across the world, there was certain guidelines that they were able to provide us as related to um, safety as it relates to our employees and, and risk and, and how to work with the local municipalities to ensure that we delivered what they needed. So I think a combination of, of what we have locally, a strong team, uh, the local um, municipality, emergency Preparedness, JFRD, which is our fire rescue, and GSO, which is our, our police, uh, working together and they're the same entities that we work together in a day in day out to put on mass Florida, Georgia football games. There's sure. a 200,000 people in Jacksonville, 82,000 Maxwell going to the football game. There's a hundred thousand people you're partying. So there are people that you uh, work with day in and day out. So the relationships there, our business is so relationship to, to uh, uh, driven, that it's there. So it wasn't something new. Yet, Yes, we had the new folks come from the federal government. Mm-hmm. They hadn't dealt with from the emergency preparedness side, but we have emergency preparedness people tied into all of our big events. So there weren't redeveloping relationships. We're just extending doing something new.
0: Great. Okay. Raj, how about you? Yours is a little different situation. With I'm guessing this was more kind of a local, kind of grassroots, maybe effort. Or how did how did things get started with that? And and where were you getting your information
1: yeah, so, from? So unlike uh, Dane, you know, the, you know, we're not used to a lot of uh, natural disasters or weather disasters that you would get on the on the Florida coasts. Um, you know, we uh, we like to say that the Upper Midwest is is a little bit insulated from natural disasters, um, which is actually w- was our tagline when we were uh, bidding on the the Democratic National Convention. Is that you know there there shouldn't be much terrible or horrific weather uh, in July in in Southeast Wisconsin. So, you know, we you know ha- having an NBA team um, and owning an NBA team it, it gave us um, you know. Uh, it gave us access to what every other NBA team and every other NBA venue was doing, and there's a lot of crossover—not in our building, but you know, to you know, to our neighbors to the south, which are you know, the United Center. You know, they have NBA and NHL. So, um, I remember, you know, we we were in the middle of a Lumineers show on uh, March 11th uh, when. When the NBA, uh, you know, put out that the season was shutting down and or not shutting down but being suspended indefinitely, and you could see the fans and you know in the bowl looking at their phones because they were all getting push notifications mm-hmm. from ESPN or Sports Center or the box or the NBA. Uh, so you know, like Zane, we you know we have these uh, great you know embedded relationships with our local police, with our with our county health system, state health system. You know, we have par- we're partners um, with a with a major hospital group. Here in Wisconsin as well too. So our sources of information are you know we we speak with we speak with three to four different venues you know on a, on a daily basis to begin with. Um, but you know we work with the NBA you know we work with the you know the NBA head of security and and general manager and, and arena group. Um, and we're you know we're we're probably in the same position as everybody else where you know we're 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 watching the news we're listening to science we're listening you know to, to the doctors and medical experts you know in, in trying to. You know I think we've made it through the wave of okay, we know we're shut down. so now it's the wave of what do we need to do to prepare to reopen uh, you know hopefully sooner rather than later in this
0: Sure. so talk about a little bit about staffing because um, Zane and I we were talking a little bit earlier about before we got on the on the call here about um, just it's you everyone has a routine, and they know what their responsibilities are. How are you managing your staffing and this this different role that they 're playing and, and kind of keeping those folks engaged and, and that type of thing?
1: sure, we'll start So, with you raj yeah we'll, we'll start with we 'll start with our event staff and. You know, and, you know the, through the generosity of our entire basketball roster and our owners, we were able to, you know, generate funds that would be used as, as emergency relief for all of our event staff. So that, very early on, that was, that was a key focus uh, for us. Um, you know, it, you know that, that's the event staff and the people that really, you know, we need and we rely on in order to run all of our events, no matter where we are. Um, on the full-time side, uh, you know, f- the first part was the rescheduling of the events and going through your calendar avails, and that kept our events group, you know, quite busy on this. You know, what we've done as an organization is we're using this time to, you know, look, you know, take a hard look at costs, um, but, you know, from an an Employee-wide engagement. What we're doing is we're, we've challenged every single full-time employee of the organization uh, to come up with a business case, um, and we've got a business case competition going on right now. Of um, you know, and, and and there you know there there will be a reward for those you know those you know scenarios or ideas that get implemented you know, either during this time or coming out of this time too, you know, but, you know, we, um, you know, and it, it, it goes, if you're a ticket salesperson for the box, if you're our, you know, building engineer, if you're a facility manager, if you're our team president, you know, we're, we are all trying to generate ideas, you know, mm-hmm. and, and really prepare ourselves for what can we work on as a group and what can we work on individually to make, you know, the, the venue stronger, uh, you know, and the organization stronger coming out of this.
0: That's great. Great way to keep staff engaged as well. So, and Zane, you're in a little different situation because you're, you've got, I'm guessing, have more staff that are there on site or not really? What are, what are you guys experiencing with staffing?
2: Yeah, thank you, sorry. Florida, do, Florida does have a stay at home order in place. And so we're doing a lot of work from home, but some essential staff have been coming to maintain the buildings. So, and, and that's kind of ebb and flow depending on, on what's going on with the testing sites. And there was a, there was a short time period where, uh, um, AEW, a wrestling uh, company, was actually filming uh, in at the amphitheater, Daly's place. So we, that had to be staffed appropriately. And so, we—I loved Raj's idea. And I wish I had thought of it. So, congrats to you guys. <laughs> uh, we, we've taken an approach of, of of looking at our business and and seeing what we're able to do when it's not so busy and loaded up with events. Focused a lot on training on um, the OSHA 30 stuff and, and and anything else that we can find. For example, we talked about the box office and you know, we, we run seven buildings, 1,100 events a year and box office is always busy. Mm-hmm. So we're taking this time to run all of our full-time staff through every single master available training session whether it's to refresh or renew or something new and different. We do the heavy laden program that there's a lot that we can do with it. So we're using that, that, that respect. Um, going through all of our existing uh, um, platforms, whether it's um, sales and marketing, or whether it's the tech packet, whether it's marketing material, and redeveloping or tweaking it and adjusting it that way. Um, plus, we, we've already started uh, local task force, I'll call it, uh, on how we're gonna come out of this. Uh, and maybe we should, maybe we're supposed to talk about that later, but um, That's engaging. That's my next
0: question. <laughs>
2: you know, all right, I'll way into that. So we're spending a lot of time now looking at the future. Um, we want to be on the forefront of the rebound or coming out of it to what the new norm is. Um, and we've started these local task force by building um, that also meet across the buildings because what the stadium does And we're going to get a lot of resources from the NFL. They're the NFL is always on the forefront of pushing safety and security. Well, I think the NFL is going to push this as well because they're going to want butts and seats, excuse me, fans in the stadium. We all get. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, the NFL set security protocols at the same time the NBA and the NHL were doing, and it filters down to the other buildings. And at the same time, so. We're staying addressed to the specific building and spending time on weekly to go meetings, um, conference calls with our staff, but then tasking our staff to go out and find those resources, those best practices that we may not know locally, and then combine them with what corporate guidelines we're getting from ASM, because they're developing them well. And guess what? I you may think you have it. I don't know, I don't think I have it, but we don't know what the new norm is gonna be. So we all got to be able to react like that, and move and adjust, so we can be ready to rebound. So, focusing on the future, um, at the same time of doing those things that may not be priority when you have so when you're in the middle of a four and four event run and you just don't have time to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. So and talking a little bit more about those, you know, like you said, we don't know what we're going to be coming into when we come out of this, so to speak, as it relates to, you know, what those standards will be if it's, you know, as it relates to staffing and will they need masks or, you know, all of that. So how about you, Raj? What are you what are you guys looking at as far as it relates to kind of coming out of this and what what those standards may look like?
1: Yeah, well, un- unfortunately for me and uh, and I hope, you know, my my superiors don't find out that I might be the, you know, the root cause of all evil, but I happened to be working at a venue in Midtown Manhattan in September of 2001. So the first thing I went to is try to go back into my memory bank of what did we do between the 11th and then the 29th of September 2001 um which got us reopened and and there's still standards that we are all living by today whether mm-hmm. it's Walk through magnetometers, you know, blast-resistant glass and walling on the outside of your facility or your event, um, you know, ball, you know, bollards, planters, all these things that you know. I think probably most venues in the U.S. were not even doing, you know, uh, 20 years ago, but are doing now. So, the first thing, you know, you know that, that we looked at, and, and I, you know, there's three other or four other people at the box organization that also happen to be working at the same venue um, you know, uh, you know, 18 years ago or 19 years ago. So it was the, what was, you know, what was the thought process and philosophy of how we made these decisions, you know, because, you know, during that time too, you, 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 we're trying to rely on major league baseball or the nba or the nhl or the nfl but a lot of venues kind of had to think about things on their own and share best practices and the first thing that we did with this is we we know you know we know social distancing is, is a key term and cleanliness and prevention of germ spread is another key term. So what we did in the, in the first three weeks of of being, you know, shut down is we literally documented every single touch point that occurs in our building um, or in our facilities during events, right? So where is the ticket holder customer to, you know, a building employee touch point? Where's the Where's the, you know, ticket holder customer, you know, touch point with a surface in the building. And the first thing is we did, we probably wrote, or, you know, with, you know, or documented over hundred pages worth of every single touch point, because that was going to allow us to, you know, really start from the beginning uh, of this. And say okay, well, we know cleanliness and, and germ spread is going to be the, you know, the major concern. So immediately, how do we eliminate or come up with a resolution? And, and we didn't want the initial, resolution just be elimination because, you know, we're all in the events sector. And so we, you know, there is a balance between, you know, literally, you know, being in a, you know, in in a prison yard versus coming to events that we're selling tickets to and we want people to enjoy themselves at. So, you know, it was, it was defining that line um, and said, okay, here, here's the touch point. And and the example that I use a lot is we have a sign making uh, station inside the arena during, during events where, you know, Uh, you know, fans and in particular kids can come in and make their signs. So, you know, what are the touch points, you know, so the shared magic marker Mm -hmm. is a touch point. So is the you know, you can easily say, we're just going to eliminate it, you know, but we're, you know, we're all in the fun business at the end of the day. So, you know, okay, let's not eliminate it. Do we, do we have a system where there's an employee that's standing there that's going to, you know, you know, wipe down with a sanitizer, the marker after every, you know, time, uh, you know, a child touches it, or is it that we may, we may potentially decide that, you know, that kids can bring their own markers or highlighters in just to use at the station and knowing the risks that go along that. So, you know, so we've identified, we're in, as of today, we've identified the touch points and now it's add the resolution and work with every single user group of, hey, the new normal is gonna probably be, you know, somewhere between, you know, no touching and, you know, and at least, you know, clean touching. Um, you know, in this. So, um, you know, for us, that's what we've worked on today to at least get us in the process of reopening.
0: Sure. Sure. And the marketing person in me would say you make markers with your name on them and then you give them away as they walk away. (laughs) So all right, um, let's let's shift over to rescheduling and cancellations. And Raj, you've got a big one that that came your way recently with the Democratic National Convention. Why don't you talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So you know we, we, between the time that you know we pressed pause on on March 12th, uh, you know through the DNC, there were still a bunch of shows uh, that needed to be you know have a status determination. And you know fortunately, and I think this is fortunate for a lot of the venues, a lot of them have just been, postponed rather than just flat out canceled to date which is, which is great for for this industry um, you know as it relates to the DNC I, I guess the one good thing about the DNC blocking sixty five to seventy days on every on on calendars every four years is that there was you know unfortunately for us we didn't have a lot of concerts or anything scheduled in June July and even August coming out because if you've ever worked a convention or seen a convention, there's a lot of reconstruction of a building that happens. You know, walls are knocked down. Uh, you know, in the new infrastructure that's temporary that goes, you know, goes in and eventually is taken out. So, you know, shockingly, we, you know, we had on our calendar, you know, the, you know, some free time like just that week and. And the week it got moved to, um, and when we started having these conversations, funny enough, was the, was we had a Roger Waters date originally scheduled in that week. And the DNC happened to call us about 48 hours after the announcement was made. I don't know if it was coincidence that they were looking at our calendar or not and said, hey, you know, um, presumptive nominee Biden is talking about moving this to August. You know, what can we do, um, you know, and it, it it, it will be a very tight turnaround because we have a, a large corporate event um, on the calendar in uh, in early uh, August. But you know, we worked with them. You know, with the organizers. The organizers worked with our convention and visitors bureau and our local government, and it it seemed to be the you know the week that worked you know perfectly. Um, And, you know, as a result, you know, we were able to actually, within 48 hours of the first conversation, we had the event moved. So, you know, I'd like to say that we moved heaven and earth, and and maybe we did, but, you know, it was was a little bit of a, you know, the timing was perfect to have the conversation.
0: Sure, sure. So, Zane, how about you? I mean, you've got a lot of buildings and space that are that are um, kind of on the line there, and, and, and again, nobody knows when they're going to be back online. So I think it's, I mean, at least what I'm seeing here is just people are kind of taking it month by month. But um, what, are, what are you doing with your facilities there?
2: It's almost a day-by-day conversation. Um, I think you and I were chatting before we started. I think uh, we're almost working harder now because we're trying to figure out what it's going to be and when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, here at Star Veterans Memorial Arena, Um, we we had shows and when this thing shut down on March 12th I guess was the date when everything came crumbling down and um, so you had March shows rescheduling for June well some of those conversations have started that I don't know what's gonna happen in June I mean we all can probably roll the dice and our crystal ball is a little muddy so it's almost a a daily conversation with uh, promoters and agents on what's going to happen and then You know, some of the shows uh, that are that are going to postpone are setting up um, secondary plans and and waiting to see if we get out of this. So, you know, and the good part is we have a good team here and they're able to handle their buildings individually and so they can give the attention to uh, the various promoters and shows. So, like Raj said, that you work to do what needs to do to get it done. Um, And the good part of it is you find that people are in this together. Um, and you know, there's going to be answers that are going to know, but most of the time we're trying to figure it out, um, mm-hmm. with them because at the end of the day, when we get through this, we're going to be in an industry with the people that we're in with now. Again, our industry is very relationship driven. And this goes just true. Prove a point when you do it together, you can get through it. So sure. kind of like everyone's trying to row in the same direction and seem to be giving everybody a little bit of grace that we're all trying to figure it out. And when, when we will, because we're all in the same in the same boat and row in that direction
0: absolutely well and our event is in august and when i first started seeing dates shows postponing and moving into august i thought they must know something i don't know and i realize now they're, they're just buying time so i think we're again we're all in in the same boat and not exactly sure uh, when, when we're gonna see the end of this. So when we do see the end, which we will see the end, what is your feeling as far as what the kind of public sentiment will be? And how, how quickly do you think they're going to feel about coming back? And, and what are you hearing, kind of what, the, what you think the pulse of the public will be? And, and you're obviously both taking steps to make sure that when they do come back, that they feel safe. But what are, what are you kind of hearing along those lines? I'll start with you, Zane.
2: Great, I get to go first, huh? Yes. Well, I don't think anyone the ball is clear on this, but I think it's going to be a measured approach. Um, I, I think the larger the building, uh, the slower it might come back, but uh, at the same course, uh, I think we're going to find a combination of apprehension for those that are concerned, and, and they may not, they may stay home. But I think you're going to see a, a pent up demand. People mm-hmm. like to gather. People like to go to schools. People like to go to concerts. Um, and then it's gonna be incumbent upon us as an industry that we do what we need to do to make them feel, not only make them feel, but the fact that they are safe. And if we can deliver those two things, I think we're gonna get back to this sooner than people are anticipating. Um, and you know, the challenges of an adversity will spawn innovation. And we may not even know what that innovation is gonna be that's gonna enable us to deliver a full NBA arena or a full NFL stadium or a full concert venue. Um, And it's gonna be steps. I don't think we're gonna throw a light switch on September September 13th and say, every NFL stadium is gonna be packed that day. I don't think that's gonna happen. I think it's gonna be stepped. Um, How it's gonna be stepped, not sure yet. I think there's a lot of smart people in our industry that are gonna work together to find out what that is. What is that? Social distancing in a concourse that is only this wide, all right? Yeah, we can sit every third seat. We can sit every other row. They're all in the conversation right now. Are we going to take temperatures coming in? Are we going to hand out masks? Are we going to make them mandatory? You know, I, you know, obviously that's easy for the for the staff coming in. It's the patrons that's a little more challenging on the physicality of that, and those type of things are what we're all going to work through now, so we can make them feel. Um, safe when they do come back but i think the lion's share of us are 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 gonna gonna work hard to uh make that happen
0: sure sure and we are we're in a we're in a business of collective experience so people there i think i feel there will be pent up demand that we're gonna want to be out and once again rob how about you on your side
1: yeah listen it's uh i would just like to say yes uh, everything that Zane, uh, you know, just talked about, uh, you know, listen, <laughs> it, 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 it's true. I think, listen, I think the, the two words that we're using inter- internally within our group and our organization, whether it's, you know, communications, marketing, the events group, the booking group, it you know, the two buzzwords that we're now moving towards are prove and trust, right? So we've got to prove to everybody. Um, that we're able to pull off these events and have people feel comfortable and they 've got to trust you know the fact that they can come to events and 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 you know with with limited to little to zero risk you know a, as a result of that and um you know and I, I think those are you know everyone should be doing that you know you know, and I, and if they haven 't already is just you know how how do we regain the trust it 's going to be through messaging um, it's going to be through the policies and procedures uh, that we have in place. Um, and it's going to be how, you know, as Zane talked about, how we scale up the events. You know, we we have a decent sized footprint for our facility here. So we're looking at everything right now of, hey, you know, Zane's right. We're not, no one's blowing a magic whistle on September 13th and say 82,000 people can come into, a, you know, an NFL stadium. You know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, we're in a position where this happens. But, you know, the reality is right now we're not. So it's just, you know, how do we even grow this by the dozens? You know, what are events that we can put on that might only take place in our atrium, that might only take place in one of our clubs or, you know, even outside in our plaza and our our district of, hey, listen, okay, the first thing we're going to do is a group yoga or we're going to do free guitar lessons or whatever. Just everyone's been cooped up in their house. And while people probably will not be ready to go six inches to six inches, shoulder to shoulder with strangers, it's the what should the what should the venues what should you know everyone be thinking of okay this is a little out of our wheelhouse of something that we would normally do you know pre-covid but you know what what can we do to start you know regaining the trust and getting people back down to at least thinking of the venues as something that you know they would want to go to when it when you know when time is ready
0: yeah that's great
2: well
1: Well,
0: i think yes
1: if i may add i I, i
2: i think we also need to be able to, to adapt to what the change we don't know is tomorrow, which will help us scale up to this. And and we just may be in a scenario where we will be full by the start of X number scene. But I, I think the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, the Major League Baseball, and our and our and our and our venues are, are poised to be able to do this because we all have that common goal. Uh, and yes, there'll be guidelines set forth and then we have to we have to make the public feel comfortable with this specific venue because every venue is different. Roz is my arena. And so we both have to take what the industry and the leadership uh, and the science says we have to do and make it fit into our ability. And that's going to be the nuance that we're all going to be challenged with that we've been the path, always been able to overcome and think. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. No, great points. I just want to thank you both so much for all of your insight and your your valuable valuable wisdom. So we really appreciate it so much. And please stay safe and stay healthy. And hopefully we'll see you at a game or a concert or a venue sometime soon. So thanks so much.
1: Thanks. Soon being the keyword.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs>